Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2357 with a release date of Friday, December 30th, 2022, to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Hams in Switzerland get use of the 4-meter band. Amateur ranks grow on Prince Edward Island, Canada, and get ready to jump into the DX Ultra Marathon. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2357 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline, Amateur Radio's first independent on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Wadsworth, Ohio, Stephen Kenford, N8WB. We begin this week with good news for the new year. Starting on the 1st of January, hams in Switzerland will be allowed to operate on the 4-meter band using all commonplace simplex modes. The Swiss Amateur Radio Association USKA reported recently that their communications authorities have granted approval to hams holding HB9 licenses for a maximum operating power of 25 watts ERP. Hams may operate only on frequencies between 70 megahertz and 70.0375 megahertz. They also have permission for the range between 70.1125 and 70.5000 megahertz. Relays and Echolink gateways will not be permitted on the band and any stations being operated via remote control must get permission from the regulator Ofcom-CH. There is also good news for hams in Germany as temporary authorizations for certain bands have been renewed for another year. Jeremy Boot, G4NGH, has the details. In Germany, the federal network agency, BNetZA, has extended temporary allocations for amateur operation in part of the 160 meter, the 6 and 4 meter, and 13 and 6 centimeter bands. These permissions were to have expired at the end of this year, but are now granted anew until the 31st of December 2023. According to a Google translation of the announcement in the Agency Gazette, 6-metre band operation is allowed in the 50 to 50.4 MHz frequency range. Class A license holders may use a maximum of 750 watts PEP, and Class E license holders can transmit with a maximum of 100 watts PEP, with operation only permitted using horizontal polarization. For the frequency range between 50.4 and 52 MHz, only 25 watts PEP is allowed, but contest operation is permitted. On the 4 meter band, operation is granted up to 25 watts ERP using horizontal polarization by Class A license holders and on frequencies between 70.150 and 70.210 MHz also. At the top end of 160 meters, Class both A and E license holders may use their permitted maximum transmission power operating at weekends within the frequencies 1.85 and 2 MHz. Contest operation on 160 meters is only allowed on these frequencies at the weekend. Finally, holders of license class E are given access to the 13 and 6 centimeter bands from 2320 to 2450 MHz and 5650 to 5850 MHz with a maximum power of 5 watts PEP 
so they can take part in the Hamnet Mesh data network. This is Jeremy Bucci for NJH. In one Canadian province, hams have noticed that the after effects of the past storm season haven't all been bad. Cell MB KB3TZD is here to tell us about one big change for the better. There are a lot of happy radio operators on Prince Edward Island lately. Hams in this province of Atlantic Canada have discovered their ranks are growing. According to a report by the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Tropical Storm Fiona and the COVID-19 pandemic have created an environment that has led island residents to discover the appeal of radio communications. Prince Edward Island, also known among island chasers as IOTA number NA029, has become a place to nurture new amateurs, according to members of the Charlottetown Amateur Radio Club. The club's president, Bill McMaster, VY2WM, told the CBC that the group's membership has grown, especially after amateur radio's profile grew during Tropical Storm Fiona this past September. At the time of the storm, local operators were helping with emergency response through the CanWarn Emergency Communications Network, joining the ongoing nets, providing status reports and weather updates. Organizers told the CBC that the hams on the island expect to have another training program for licensed candidates by springtime. This is Cell MB, KB3, TZD. A proposal called the Amateur Radio Communications Improvement Act hopes to overhaul rules affecting data transmissions. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, brings us that report. Saying that federal regulations need to keep pace with advances in amateur radio technology... A United States lawmaker has proposed updating rules governing data transmissions over the amateur bands. The proposed Amateur Radio Communications Improvement Act would eliminate the current symbol rate limits set by the FCC. The lawmaker, Debbie Lesko, an Arizona Republican, writes on her website that regulation of symbol rates has become outdated because newer technology permits the spectrum to handle greater amounts of data. The proposed update of the FCC rules removes the symbol rate limit and sets a 2.8 kHz bandwidth limit, which is already in place for amateurs using 60 meters. The ARRL previously pressed the FCC to remove HF symbol rate limits, claiming that, among other things, it was an obstacle to experimentation. Although the FCC has previously questioned the need for any bandwidth limit at all, the ARRL has said there is a need for such limits, because digital protocols could be developed that have excessively wide bandwidths. The ARRL issued a statement saying the League hoped the FCC would remove the restriction on its own without waiting for the bill to be passed. With lawmakers in Washington, D.C. concluding the 117th Congress, there was no further action taken on the bill. This is Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. In another action in Washington, D.C., one lawmaker introduced a bill just before Christmas that proposes protection for amateurs and their antennas. The same protection already available to other forms of wireless communications, such as television, satellite, and Internet. That update comes to us from Jim Dameron, NATMW. An Ohio congressman is seeking to provide relief for home-based amateur radio operators who are unable to easily operate in private residential neighborhoods, such as condominiums, gated communities, and some single-family subdivisions. The measure introduced by Congressman Bill Johnson, a Republican, would grant hams the same preemption given in 1996 to consumers of broadcast TV antennas, satellite dishes, multi-channel, multi-point distribution services, and wireless Internet. 
The American Radio Relay League has previously urged the Federal Communications Commission to give the same relief to hams, but the FCC has told the league that such action can only come from Congress. John Robert Stratton, N5AUS, noted on the ARRL website that a joint resolution by members of Congress in 1994 supported the use of ham radio from private residences, recognizing it as a public benefit in keeping with the amateur radio Emergency Preparedness Act. This is Jim Dameron, NATMW. When is it better to transmit on shortwave bands than on microwave? Ralph Squalacci, KK6ITB, has the answer. It was only a test transmission, but the signals being transmitted from Gakona, Alaska, to the west coast of the United States, were being done with a specific purpose. Before the receiving antenna arrays near Socorro, New Mexico, and Bishop, California, were to receive the chirping signals transmitted at around 9.6 megahertz, They were bounced off an asteroid known as 2010 XC-15. With the asteroid twice as far away as the moon is from Earth, this was more challenging a feat than moon bounce. The longer wavelength than normal transmissions on December 27th were from the High Frequency Active Auroral Research Program, or HARP, in Alaska. It was HARP's first involvement in probing the interior of an asteroid, something NASA had hoped would be possible as part of preparation for the anticipated arrival of a much larger asteroid coming closer to Earth in 2029. Scientists say that the best way to successfully hit and deflect an oncoming asteroid and protect the Earth from damage is to learn how the asteroid's mass is distributed. Hams and amateur radio astronomers were invited to listen and submit the reception reports to HARP. QSL cards were to be sent to those who emailed their findings. Now that's some rare DX. This is Ralph Squillacci, KK6ITB. Time for you to identify your station. We are the amateur radio newsline heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the W9BCC repeater in Wausau, Wisconsin, on Sundays at 9 p.m. during the Rib Mountain Repeater Association's Sunday night swap net. A new program launched by an Ohio DX group honors those who inspire others in their pursuit of DX. Andy Morrison, K9AWM, has those details. Achieving DXCC is an honor, but what about the hams who work so hard behind the scenes helping other amateurs achieve that coveted status of DXCC award winner? The Southwest Ohio DX Association has launched a new program that recognizes the hams who help other radio operators achieve their first 100 confirmed DX entities. The amateur receiving the assistance must be under the age of 30. The DX Association has specifically designed the award this way to target those who help younger amateurs and ensure they continue to be encouraged and active in the hobby even after receiving their DXCC certificate. The intent of targeting this audience, helping younger amateurs, is to attract and retain those operators who are most likely to remain engaged in the hobby after achieving DXCC. The DX Mentor Recognition Program has the support of the Northern California DX Foundation and the International DX Association. Both groups are providing representatives on the judging committee. The award will be presented at Dayton Hamvention in May at the Southwest Ohio DX Association Dinner. 
For more information about the DX Mentor Recognition Program or to download an application, visit the website in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. This is Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Hams in the UK are being asked to contribute their ideas for radio's role in marking the King's coronation. Jeremy Boot, G4NGH, tells us more. Long before there was radio, the UK had its fire beacons, torchlight relays that served as warnings of invasions in earlier centuries. As the Radio Society of Great Britain makes its plans to help mark the coronation of King Charles III and his Queen Consort next May, the Society hopes to give this ancient tradition a role as well. A number of events will be organised for the occasion, with an eye towards demonstrating amateur radio to the public. The Society's coronation lead, Alan Messenger, G0TLK, is looking for ideas about what shape the special events will take, and most particularly how the fire beacons can be included as a way of honouring tradition. UK hams are being asked if they have suggestions for these events or any other thoughts to contact Alan at special.projects at rsgb.org.uk. This is Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. The marathon is on starting January 1st, 2023. If you're a DXer, you can be in the running. Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, tells us how. Since it was founded in June 2018, the True Blue DXers Club has acknowledged that long path or short path, there is no easy path to good DXing. Beyond having good equipment, DXing takes skills and patience. The club continues to nurture its appreciation for DXing, accomplished via CW and SSB. It has announced it latest year-long operating event that begins on January 1st. This is their 2023 DX Ultra Marathon, and it is encouraging CW and sideband operation in as many DXCC entities and WAZ zones as possible. If you wish to be in the running during the 2023 marathon, you needn't join the club itself, but you are required to register. The link for registration can be found in this week's text version of our newscast at arnewsline.org. Then, start making QSOs as early as January 1st and begin uploading your logs on January 15th. The club's website notes that, like any worthy marathon, this event requires operators to push their limits and make an investment in time and in effort. This is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. In the world of DX, special stations SP90ENIGMA and SP90ENG are active until January 15th to mark the 90th anniversary since Polish cryptologists first broke the Enigma cipher. For SP90ENIGMA, send QSL via SP3PGR for SP90ENG QSL via SP3PDO. The Marconi Club is holding the 5th edition of its QSO Party Day on the 7th of January. Operators will be on the air from 0700 to 1800 UTC on 80, 40, and 20 meters using CW. The ARI Loano Marconi Club is a member of the International CW Council. Operators will be calling CQ MCD. Special call signs R2023NY and UE23NY are active on the HF bands until the 8th of January for the annual Russian New Year radio marathon organized by the Miller DX Club QSL via RQ7L. 
Be listening for HH75RCH on the bands from January 1st through the 1st of May. This is the special call sign marking the 75th anniversary of the Radio Club D Haiti, established on March 29th, 1948. QSL via Club Logs, OQRS, or via N2OO. Our final story for this week is about one holiday net that it's also, for many, a kind of safety net. Don Wilbanks, AE5DW, has that story for us. Sometimes we get on the air looking for more than just a signal report. As the holiday season draws to a close, ONTARS, the Ontario Amateur Radio Service, has stepped in twice to do just that. Known for the daily net it holds on 3.755 MHz, ONTARS also provided a gathering place for amateurs who spent this past Christmas in need of company. That net, known as Sam's Christmas Cracker, was conducted by Sam Jones, VE3ZSZ, as he's done for the past six years with the support of Barry Lisowski, VE3ISX, the ONTARS manager. Sam shared this year's net on December 25th on 80 meters at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with Kevin, VA3RCA. Sam told Newsline in an email that the net added some holiday brightness for people who may have suffered a death in the family or perhaps were left trapped by the recent blizzard that struck the northeast regions of the United States and Canada. He said, quote, it was about 120 minutes of just funny jokes and funny stories, end quote. Together, everyone checked in and found a common meeting ground on the air. Sam said he plans to hold another net on New Year's Day, January 1st. This will be on 7.185 MHz, lasting from 4 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It will be called the Positive Vibrations Net. Sam told Newsline, quote, It's important. I try to bring smiles across the miles. This is Don Wilbanks, AE5DW. Do you have a piece of amateur radio news that you think Newsline would be interested in? We're not talking about advertising your club's upcoming ham fest or field day participation, but something that is out of the ordinary. If so, send us a brief overview via the contact page at arnewsline.org. If it's newsworthy and we would like to cover it, we'll get back to you for more details. With thanks to the Alexanderson Association, Amateur Radio Weekly, the ARRL, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, Congresswoman Debbie Lesko, Contest University, CQ Magazine, the DARC, David Bihar, K7DB, the 425DX News, Sam Jones, VE3ZSZ, shortwaveradio.de, the True Blue DXers Club, University of Alaska Geophysical Institute, Wireless Institute of Australia, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org. You know that we appreciate you all. We also remind our listeners that if you like our newscast, please leave us a five-star rating wherever you subscribe to us. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York and our news team worldwide, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB in Wadsworth, Ohio, saying 73. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2022. All rights reserved.